This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name is Ricardo. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. Psychedelic music is one of those terms that kind of gets thrown around a bit. This is surely due to, over time, the meaning being a little bit lost and so many other little genres shooting off from it. I mean, we have psychedelic insert genre here, and then we have things like prog, krautrock, stoner rock, acid house, and indeed metal in general. But it'd be a bit of a stretch to look at, say, Metallica and lump them into the same group as, I don't know, Iron Butterfly. The best way I could find to explain what this all comes down to is this. To be truly psychedelic, it should essentially mimic the effects of LSD or enhance the usage of it. This is achieved through numerous things, such as backwards tapes, panning the music on stereo tracks, heavy reverb, key and time signature changes, and unconventional instruments, just to name a few. So with that in mind, and with a little help of the machine, let's get to work. Because as Sam mentioned, the late 1960s was a treasure trove of psychedelic rock in all of its many flavours. And since the machine that goes ding does require a little calibration, it makes it tricky to find the ideal song from this period to put the machine through its paces. Tricky, but not impossible. Because Iron Butterfly's magnum opus just so happens to tick all the boxes. Inagata de Vida is often held up as the perfect confluence of blues rock and heavy metal with psychedelic rock, which is exactly what we're looking for. It hits heavy with imposing electric guitar and organ riffs at its core, bookended by strutting, overly dramatic rock arias. All of these elements meld together to create that psychedelic, disassociative vibe that was all the rage circa 1968. Be grateful that I'm not in the mood for playing the full 17-minute version. For now, we'll just have to settle for the single version of the track. All it is, is the song's last three minutes, where the band loop back to repeat the start of the track after nearly ten minutes of epic diversion. Allegedly this happened because the members of the band had been overindulging during recording sessions and Strap forgot how the song ended. Somehow that is both a cautionary tale and a deciding factor that makes the machine rate in a Garda de Vida five rock and or rolls out of five. Oh, 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 please. 
you know that I'm loving you In a god of a feet of paper Don't you know that I'll always be true While the 13th floor elevators might not have the mainstream success that, say, Pink Floyd had, they are often credited as being one of, if not the first, psychedelic rock bands, especially as they were the first to coin the term. With their original run only lasting from 1965 to 1969, these guys left a hell of an impact on future musicians, largely due to their debut album, The Psychedelic Sounds of the 13th Floor Elevators with their frontman Rocky Erickson continuing on to become a true icon of psychedelic music. They also had an electric jug player, so there's that. Machine, what do you think? Four and a half three-eyed men. So that's, what, 13 and a half eyes? I'll take it. This is You're Gonna Miss Me.
very few groups from the early psychedelic era could represent the values of the emerging movement better than Jefferson Airplane. The iconic group cut their teeth in San Francisco, the beating heart of American psychedelic culture. Vocalist Grace Slick was hard to ignore with her powerful haunted vocals and otherworldly swagger, and she was assisted by an adventurous group of players with an ear for hooks. Now, for the purposes of this episode, it would be best for us to ignore all future iterations of the group as they strayed very far from their early mind-bending roots. Nowadays, Jefferson Airplane are probably best known for their bad trip anthem, White Rabbit. But they weren't one-hit wonders, as demonstrated on their second best-known song, Somebody to Love. Machine? The Machine has read Jefferson Airplane four era-appropriate modes of transportation out of five. This is Somebody to Love. When the truth is Chelsea Wolfe is one hell of a musician, so no matter what the machine gives her here, let's just remember that. She's made a name for herself with her extremely eclectic style, which jumps from genre to genre fast enough to give you whiplash, but like a very mild whiplash. 
because for the most part, each genre she hops to is still some kind of gothic, dark, and broody. And most of the time, I'd have a really hard time arguing that she's got even a little bit of psychedelic in her. However, many of her lyrical themes share those often found in Psychedelic, and especially on her 2015 album, Abyss. There's just something kind of trippy about her particular brand of darkness. The bonus track, Hypnos, furthers my confusion here, as I actually want to call it Psychedelic so badly, but I know deep down that it's Doom, or as some critics have called it, Darkwave. Before we get to that particular song, though... Two grimy, glowy things out of five. So not really psychedelic, but she's still pretty great.
For nearly 40 years, the Flaming Lips have almost single-handedly been representing the multitudinous styles that psychedelic music can offer. The band cut their teeth in the early days of alternative music, but even that catch-all rock... Mm. But even that catch-all rock subgenre had difficulty finding space for these particular weirdos, casting them as outsiders amongst the outsiders. This did provide the freedom to indulge in styles and influences that were definitely beyond the norm of the day, cementing their reputations as fearless freaks of the highest order. Over the decades, they have dabbled in everything from krautrock to post-punk to baroque prog, and of course, a bounty of psychedelia. The Flaming Lips reaffirmed themselves as the reigning kings of psych rock in the 2000s, with a string of well-received and revelatory records. Now, I'm rather fond of 2009's Embryonic, personally, but it succeeded off the back of At the War with the Mystics and Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots albums that preceded it. Fun fact, Yoshimi's lead single, Do You Realize, was adopted by Oklahoma as the state's official rock song in 2009. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. I don't know what you can do with that knowledge, but that's a you problem. Machine? 3.5 Heavy Friendships of 5. Do You Realize? By The Flaming Lips.
Aside from a select few space cadets, such as the aforementioned Flaming Lips, psychedelic rock had fallen far out of favour by the 21st century. It never seemed to be much more than a different mode that an artist would adopt for a song or two, and no one really seemed to be taking it all that seriously artistically. But then a strange new pop group called MGMT reared their double heads and brought psychedelic music kicking and screaming not just into the modern day, but also into the music charts. And you cannot discount how popular the group had become very quickly especially when you consider how obtuse and, quote, trippy their singles were. Sure, kids and electric feel have been subsumed into the modern alt-pop canon, but how about Oracular Spectacular's lead single, Time to Pretend? Assisted by producer David Fridman, most famous for his work with the Flaming Lips, MGMT laid bare their fantasies and aspirations as the vanguard for a new generation of psychedelic superstars. Whether this came to pass or not is still up for debate, but MGMT were right there on the front line. And the machine has rated them three flashy deliriums out of five. This is Time to Pretend. Yeah. 
So as silly as this sounds, it took me way longer than it should have to realize that Monster Magnet are not a grunge band. This was all due to me getting into them around the same time as I was discovering Alice in Chains and their lesser brethren. But yeah, not grunge at all. Anyway, Monster Magnet are kind of hard to place in a genre, though, because at times they can be very stoner rock or metal, or they can go generic hard rock with their songs like live for the moment even though i can not think of any other hard rock song that talks about slapping a tornado but then they lean more into the psychedelic or spaciness more often than not songs like negasonic teenage warhead a song that went on to provide the name for a marvel comics character scream of psychedelia they just aren't very traditional about it the machine thinks they're all right at least three vacuums designed for dinosaurs out of five this is negasonic teenage warhead
Kevin Parker and his Tame Impala project certainly appear to be going to great pains to avoid standing in any one place for too long. Their first two albums were sprawling, unkempt swathes of fuzzed-out, free-form modern psychedelia, the radio rock-baiting elephant notwithstanding, whereas the second pair of records share an infatuation with R&B, disco and left-field pop. And you can actually identify the tipping point between these two modes, being the opening track of 2015's Currents, Let It Happen, the fulcrum of this metamorphosis. This track is a whirlwind journey through a new kind of postmodern psychedelic rabbit hole, deep, dark, and hard to predict. I can't have been the only person who was fooled by the track skipping as it transitioned into the second half, but I fear this track might also have signaled Parker's exit as a psychedelic savant. But what a ride it is. Two elephants shaking their big grey trunks for the hell of it out of five. This is Let It Happen from Currents.
we're on space rock again here but like the original space rock when it did actually mean psychedelic because you can't really do psychedelic for an hour and completely ignore hawkwind i will admit that i only ever gave hawkwind a go because lemmy was a member for a few years so i was expecting motorhead but what i got was well not not motorhead Hawkwind may not be the most out there band, but they did certainly have out there lyrics because, like, space, it's it's out there. A revolving door of well-loved musicians. They've also inspired the likes of Henry Rollins, Osric Tentacles, Ministry, Monster Magnet, and King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. So they must get credit for that, right? Before we get to Webweaver, though, how psychedelic are they? Four infinite nonagons out of five.
can't believe we've almost made it through an entire episode without mentioning the Beatles. But since it is mandatory, I suppose it's up to me to say things right. Considering how short of a time the Fab Four were together, it's amazing how many styles of music they managed to cover. A lot of the band's work in the mid-60s was the direct precedent for that decade's psychedelic explosion. This is a fact that was apparently appreciated by, of all people, Cirque du Soleil. In 2006, the French circus outfit produced a show based on the music of the Beatles, entitled Love, which was an idea originally raised by George Harrison several years prior. And the show was accompanied by an album of new mixes and remixes from Sir George Martin and his son Giles. And in specific, I'd like to draw your attention to the album's de facto single, a heady mashup of two of their best ever psychedelic jams, Within You and Without You and Tomorrow Never Knows. Both of these songs, their original forms, would definitely deserve to be on this list, but combined, they are exponentially more potent. Which is why we get... 4.5 4.5 turned off to relax minds floating downstream out of 5. This is love, man. part is going to be difficult for me because i'm pretty sure i already know the result it's difficult because as much as they are important to psychedelic music i don't particularly like procol harem they have some good songs sure but as ricardo has actually pointed out to me they're a little bit moody blues for my taste this isn't really a knock on moody blues either they're just not my thing Protocol Harem could be also considered one of the first prog bands, so yeah, really important, influential guys. 
they take the idea of psychedelic and they make it classy. Basically, if you listen to these guys, it's like you're on the good stuff. None of this back alley nonsense. And for me, that takes away from it a little bit. I love classical inspired rock, but for me, it's not at its best when it's married to psychedelic. So machine, five shades of pale and none of them are white enough out of five. So let's go with a whiter shade of pale.
Thank you once again for joining us and and our friend The Machine as we try to determine what is psychedelic. And if you liked what you heard, jump on to Spotify and check out some of our old episodes. Most of them are waiting for you. And most is good enough. And since you're coming back next week, you'll be listening to us talk about some of our favorite concept albums. I can't believe we haven't done this already. But we'll see you then. See you then. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.